Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We have to take into consideration that there are forces that are working against us. There is this spiritual opposition that we face, and this opposition comes to us from none other than the devil. And so we want to consider some things about these forces that are working against us. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, in a message titled, The Christian's Fight. Now, here's Pastor Brian. As you know, we've been going through Ephesians, the the epistle itself, and we've come now to the end of the epistle, really, for the most part, but this, this final section where the apostle deals with the topic of spiritual warfare. And a couple of weeks back, we kind of did a bigger picture perspective on the subject, just kind of introduced the subject of spiritual warfare. And so today we pick up in that series and we're going to be looking in, in a little more detail now as we analyze the verses here, uh, verses 10 through about 18 or 19 over the next several weeks, and just getting an understanding of this, this fact of our life spiritually, that we live in the midst of a spiritual battle. And so let me just read through parts of it real quickly once again. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power or the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. And here's the key. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities or against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so when we come to thinking about living the Christian life, which is what Paul has been exhorting us to do up until this point, as we think about living the Christian life, there is an often overlooked factor that must be considered uh, namely, that is the, the opposition that we face. We, we don't often recognize that, that uh, it's not just as simple as, okay, you know, here's what you're supposed to do, now do it. We have to take into consideration that there are forces that are working against us. There is this spiritual opposition that we face, and this opposition comes to us from none other than the devil. And so we want to consider a little bit today some things about the devil, about these forces that are working against us. One of the enemy's most effective strategies is to keep us ignorant of the existence of this warfare. This is 
one of the devil's strategies, just to keep us in ignorance of it or to, to keep us off balance. Uh, C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. And, and this is the way it is so often, you know, you have the, um, you have the truth about something that, that you generally find in the middle, but then on the side, on either side, you have these extreme views. And this is quite often where people end up. They, they rarely strike the balance. So in the church today, you have some people who are to the one side of the issue where they never even consider the devil. They never even factor him into the equation. They never look at any situation and think, wow, you know, the enemy is really at work in this thing. They, they kind of just, they're not tuned into that. And then you, you've got the other side, the other extreme, where uh, people see the devil's activity in, in virtually everything. And every difficulty, every problem uh, is due to some demonic activity that's happening and we need to rebuke it and we need to cast it out and uh, those kinds of things. Both, both of those positions are uh, extreme and wrong. And so we, we want to strike the biblical position and the biblical position is that there is indeed a battle. There is a spiritual battle. There are indeed forces that are working against us. There is a real devil and there are a host of evil spirits, demons, but to balance it out, God is still ultimately in control. And he has authority over those things. And he's given us uh, a, a certain degree of authority over these spirits as well. So we, we need to, to keep that in mind as we approach this subject. So we, as Christians, we are in this great conflict Paul uses military terms quite frequently. He said to Timothy, uh, he spoke of uh, waging a good warfare. He referred to Timothy as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And concerning his own life, he said, as he was coming to the conclusion, he, he put it in these terms. He says, I have fought the good fight. So we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And as the text tells us here, we're not, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're actually in, in a conflict with, with spiritual forces, the devil being at, at the, the forefront of these forces. Now, the question is, who is the devil? Who is the devil? Well, the word devil literally means slanderer one who slanders or, or one who accuses. The other term that we frequently use for this individual is Satan. Ne neither one of these are necessarily names. They're, they're more descriptive of his activities. So the devil, is, it's referring to his slander. Satan, it refers to one who is an adversary. And in the pages of scripture, we have a number of different ways that he is referred to. And in these various 
ways that he's referred to, we get an understanding of his nature and of his behavior, of his activity. And so he's referred to as the slanderer, the accuser, the tempter, the adversary, the father of lies, the murderer, the God of this age, the prince of demons, the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of this world, the evil one, the wicked one, the serpent, the dragon. These are all different ways that he's referred to in the pages of scripture. And obviously in each and every one of them, those are, those are negative references as you can see, but they, they describe his activity. Uh, Jesus said he's the father of lies. All deception, all deceit uh, originates from him. It, that, that's where it all originated. He's, he's a murderer. He committed the first murder in that he led the angels astray. And then he also was the one who was responsible for uh, deceiving uh, the first two people, Adam and Eve, and leading them into sin and death. So he's, um, they're referred to as the murderer. He's uh, the prince of the power of the air. So he's the ruler over these powers that are there in uh, the atmosphere of the earth. He's the wicked one, the serpent, the dragon. And, and these, these references take us back to the very earliest pages or the, the very earliest stages of, of history, back in the first pages of scripture where you find this, this serpent. So the one that we're talking about being the devil is the one that we, we find his introduction all the way back in the beginning there with the first two people. So that's who he is. He is the enemy of God. He is the committed foe of God. He is um, irrevocably God's enemy. He's beyond repentance. He can never turn back or, or, or change. Uh, he can never be restored. He's the perpetual enemy of God, and he is the deceiver and oppressor of man. So that's what he does among us as people. He, his work is to deceive and to oppress. So that's who he is, but, but what is he? Because the devil and Satan are not what he was originally. He became the devil. He became the adversary, Satan. But he was not always that. He is a fallen angel. And not only a fallen angel, but he seems to have been God's, the, the greatest of all of God's creatures. He is exceedingly powerful. His power is second only to God himself, seemingly. He's incredibly intelligent thoroughly and irrevocably evil, and he is the commander-in-chief of a multitude of creatures that are similar to himself. So he wasn't always who he is, but he was at one time God's most perfect creature. We're told that 
in the prophecy of Ezekiel. In the 28th chapter of Ezekiel, there we, we have a very interesting thing. The prophet is pronouncing a judgment upon the prince or the king of Tyre, the nation of Tyre. And he's speaking about that king and talking about the, you know, the sins of the king and the judgment that God's going to bring. But then suddenly it becomes apparent that he kind of moves beyond the king and he addresses this, this other being. And let me read to you from Ezekiel chapter 28. This is what is said concerning this particular being who is the power behind the king of Tyre. It says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. You became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. From the midst of the fiery stones, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So that's the, the description that the prophet gives to us. It's pretty fascinating when you think of it. Perfect in wisdom and beauty. So the, the sum of, of everything that God created, it was all summed up in this being. Perfect in wisdom and beauty, notice, until iniquity was found in you. And we read there that you, you were the anointed cherub that covers. Now, some of this is mysterious. We don't know exactly what the references are ultimately re referring to, but the cherub or the cherubim, when you read in Isaiah chapter six, for example, and you, and you see that there are these heavenly creatures that are there around the throne of God who praise him day and night. They, they cease not to say holy, 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 and so forth. So it seems that that was the kind of position that this creature had. And yet, even beyond that, he would have been the, the chief of all the others. So he was the head or the chief over all of the created order under God himself. So this is, you know, as you think about it, perfect in wisdom and beauty and, and all of these kinds of things. So we're, we're dealing with a creature who is magnificent beyond anything we could imagine. But yet that creature is fallen. But he still retains certain aspects of that which was originally there within him. And so, you know, when you look at the, the history of the world and you look at the, the havoc that has been wrought upon the earth by these demonic forces and all of the, you know, you think of all of the antichrist philosophies and things that 
uh, dominate the, the minds of men throughout the ages. This is all, at the end, it's all the work of the devil. So we're, we're dealing with a creature who is vastly superior to us and a creature that we, we are uh, no match for this creature whatsoever in our own strength. That's why the scripture is telling us be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because I have no ability to overcome him or to withstand him or to overthrow him myself. That ability comes to us from God. The, the thing to keep in mind too from the passage that we read there is never forget that he is, nevertheless, after all of this, he's still a created being. And sometimes people think mistakenly that the devil and God are opposites. You know, God is the good power, the devil is the evil power. Uh, they both have equal power. We're not sure in the end who's gonna come out ahead. That's what's known as dualism. But the biblical picture is that Satan, this creature, yes, indeed is powerful, but he is a creature. He was made by God and therefore is not the, the equal of God. But when you start to get an insight into this from what we read here in Ezekiel, there's a similar kind of a passage in Isaiah 14 that you might want to read later on where the, we get the name Lucifer comes from Isaiah 14. Oh, Lucifer, how have you fallen from heaven? Uh, and again, it's a similar kind of a description of one who was placed in the highest position in heaven, but said in his heart, I'm gonna set my throne above the throne of God. And therefore, uh, he was cast down. So when we put all of this together, we see that we have this this foe that is intimidating to say the least. But we remember that Christ conquered him. He came to crush the head of the serpent and, and that's indeed what he did on the cross. So the one we commonly call the devil and Satan, he's not alone. He is uh, the head of the opposition forces. Now, there's a passage in Revelation 12 or 13 that speaks of this dragon. It's a, it's a picture of this war that took place in heaven, Satan being cast out, and it says that his tail drew a third of the stars. And from that picture there, most scholars believe that that's a reference to the number of angels that fell with Satan. That when he fell, he took a third of the host with him. So, of course, we have no idea what the number is. So there's this, this vast number, though, of, of creatures who are similar to him, but with not the, the same power that he has, but, but similar a similar kind of a power. And Paul is referring to them here in the passage that we read. He refers to them as rulers or principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness, uh, wicked spirits who inhabit the heavenly places. So this is the world that we live in. You see, if we 
only think in terms of the material, if we think only in terms of what we can see, we're going to have a hard time succeeding in our walk and, and relationship with the Lord. We have to recognize that there are unseen forces that are working against us. They're, they're opposing us. Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. The, what's being described here is governmental structure with various ranks. So Satan is a head over a highly organized kingdom. And if, if we could get a look into the spiritual realm, that's what we would see. We would see that this is a highly organized spiritual force that is opposing God. A principality is a, the word literally means a prince over a geographical region. The world is controlled by spiritual forces. It's not what, what we think. And if we fail to see the spiritual component, um, it will be unfortunate for us. But, but when we look at governments, when we look at leaders, when we look at men in power, for example, who oppose God and the things of God, what we're seeing is the influence of these spiritual forces behind the scene. Because the real ruler of the geographical region isn't the guy who's the president or the prime minister or the king or whatever. In a sense, that person is the puppet. But there's a spiritual force that works behind the scene there. That's what a principality is. So it's this structured, organized force that Satan heads. It is a force of iniquitous, powerful, depraved spirits. The rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, back in the second chapter of Ephesians, Paul refers to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And he gives us a little bit of insight. You know, the fads, the fashions, the philosophies, the things that come and go, these are things that are being manipulated and orchestrated to a large degree by these evil spirits. The things that, the, the philosophies that are against God that people come up with, uh, the lies that they tenaciously hold to that they uh, will not let go of, that uh, to somebody who's had their eyes open, it's so obvious that the position that they hold is untenable, but they, but they hold on to it tenaciously. You think, I, I just think of the, the atheist, you know, as they, their, their arguments and they hold on to these arguments and they're, in the end, their arguments are nonsensical. They don't make sense. They're illogical. They, they can't really stand up to scrutiny. And, you know, if you, if you follow their logic out, it, it, it never works, but they can't see it and they hold to it. And this is where you see the influence of of these spirits over people's minds. Now, Paul tells us that it's these forces that we are wrestling against. And there's two aspects to this conflict that we need to understand. There's the, the one larger aspect where the collective forces of God are battling the collective forces of Satan. This is the spiritual battle that's going on that we can't see.
January, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. Abandonment and abuse are all too common in our culture today, pushing our youth towards drugs, alcohol, and gangs in order to ease their pain and find acceptance. But abandonment and abuse are a global problem. The late Stephen Lungu, one of Africa's greatest modern-day evangelists, experienced abandonment and abuse as a youth himself while growing up in Africa. The book Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs is his testimony of how God changed his embittered heart and ultimately prepared him to become a great evangelist in Africa, reaching tens of thousands with the gospel. If you want to be inspired by the testimony of a life radically changed by Christ, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.